Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that because we have met together here today, life may grow greater for those who have lost faith in it, simpler for those who are confused by it, more secure for those who would escape it, happier for those who may be tasting the bitterness of it, safer for those who are feeling the peril of it, more friendly for those who are feeling the loneliness of it, and holier for all to whom life may have lost its dignity, its beauty, and its meaning. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Beloveds, gathering in this sacred space is a blessing. It is a blessing as we leave summer behind and jump into our new program year. Now, because of social media and running into you at grocery stores and even here at church, I have delighted in all of the things that you've been up to. Well, most of the things you've been up to. Traveling, making what we would call in the Disney World core memories. It's been great. But I have missed you. And not just you, I have missed us gathered together as a community. Today we are gifted with a doozy of a gospel. In hindsight, I don't think that our, you know, our evangelists, such as Matthew, and certainly our lectionary planners, knew that this was rally day, but nevertheless, we are gifted with what we are gifted, and so I invite you, look around and find the person that has sinned against you. No? No one wants to do that? There is wisdom, though. Wisdom in our gospel reading from Matthew today. And it is timely. It is timely as we gather back together more fully as a community to have a moment to reflect about how we engage as a community, but also as conflict within our diocese and within the larger Episcopal Church has become public in the splashiest of ways possible. Our passage, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, five verses, speaks to us about reconciliation, community, and the powerful presence of Christ among us. These words remind us that conflict is constant. So, I'm so sorry, but you will never be done in restoring relationships to right. But if we want to get close, if we want to engage in this holy work that God has asked us to engage in, we first need to recognize the brokenness, our brokenness. I love you. God loves you. You're broken. I'm broken. Our relationships, they're broken. Conflict is a part of human nature, yes, but it should not and it does not define us. We are called in scripture to address conflicts among us, 
with love, and with humility. Jesus advises, first, one-on-one, if it's safe. This approach protects the dignity of the person and creates space for genuine conversation. It's a model of love and care. Our passage also highlights the significance that the community plays in the midst of conflict as we journey together toward reconciliation, toward healing. Did you know that as a member of the body of Christ, you are responsible for the spiritual growth of every other member of the body of Christ. If ever you thought your presence didn't matter here, now you know. We need you. Jesus emphasizes in Matthew's gospel the the importance of witnesses when private reconciliation fails. Sometimes it does. Oftentimes, it doesn't. This reflects the communal nature of our faith. We are not alone in our struggles. We have each other centered in Christ to support us. This is one of the most often quoted phrases from Scripture. When two or three are gathered in Christ's name, he is in our midst. I like that we like to forget that that is connected with having to address conflict in healthy ways. But it does remind us of the profound spiritual connection that we share within our Christian community. This idea that with prayer and and unity, not just with each other, but also with God, we can find healing. But the presence of Christ in our midst, that is the heart of our passage. And it lies in the promise that when we gather in Christ's name, he is with us. When we come together, fully united, Christ's presence is not just symbolic, but it is a tangible reality. Jesus' grace, love, they are manifest in our midst, guiding us toward reconciliation, toward healing. This is where our communal prayer becomes a powerful voice for for reconciliation. We can achieve forgiveness and restoration beyond our understanding when we align our hearts with Christ's love. Side note, when we are aligned with Christ's love, often the things that create conflict between us suddenly become pretty small. Now, I'm not saying any of this is easy. It's not. It's very, very, very difficult. And let's be really clear. Like, we do it poorly, right? 
How many of you have been on social media? You know, we handle conflict poorly. But, but, if we are ever going to achieve reconciliation, even if that's just between you and one other person, whether that's between you and a system, you have to embrace the challenge of forgiveness. And that is why Jesus tells us that we don't just forgive once, but we forgive repeatedly. It is not a one-time act, forgiveness, but it is a continuous process that reflects God's boundless grace towards us. Now, I actually think that it's impossible for us to forgive the way that God forgives. But if we try, if we try to forgive as God forgives, then we encounter an invitation to grace. An invitation to grace that can abound throughout our relationships. I hope that you notice that in our gospel passage, the emphasis is not on condemnation. It's not on pointing out how terrible someone is or how wrong they are. But rather, it's about restoration. It's about restoring the relationship. It's about restoring a person back into community. When you engage in conflict, is your goal restoration? Sometimes my goal is not restoration in the midst of conflict. Sometimes my goal is to hurt, to feel better about myself. But that, that is not God's holy, reconciling way. We are called to address grievances with humility and with love, seeking to restore relationships rather than destroy them. In verse 18, Jesus speaks of binding and loosing on earth and in heaven. This authority isn't wielded lightly, but it is rooted in God's love and mercy. It empowers us to actually be able to offer forgiveness. To release burdens of guilt and to extend God's grace to one another. It is a solemn responsibility to exercise this authority that God has given you with compassion and with discernment. We are called to be agents of reconciliation and love in a very broken world. By following Christ's example, we have the opportunity to heal wounds, to build bridges, and to create a community where God's presence doesn't just dwell, but is actually encountered. Our baptismal covenant is a series of promises. It is a sacred agreement between us and God 
It is a commitment to follow Christ, to renounce sin, and to embrace the Holy Spirit's transformative power. In just a few moments, like two, we are going to renew our baptismal vows. We will recommit ourselves to live in harmony with God's will, which includes that call to reconcile and to forgive. We are inevitably going to face conflicts and divisions, whether that's here, whether that's at home, whether that's in the workplace, on the pickleball court. Let us be instruments of healing, forgiveness, and unity. When we gather in Christ's name, we are not alone. It is his presence that is the source of our strength, that is the source of our reconciliation. My prayer as we go forth from our cathedral today, that we would be committed more firmly than ever to the work of reconciliation, not just here, but everywhere, always seeking the path of love, always seeking a path of forgiveness. May our lives be a testament to the transformative power of God. And may we, as a cathedral co congregation, be a beacon of hope and a gathering place for all who seek Christ. Amen.